So for most plumbing, electrical and similar service businesses, the last five to ten years have been busy as, uh, despite all the challenges with the pandemic. But lots of people reckon there might be a storm coming with clouds on the horizon. So tune into today's podcast. We're going to look at how the construction industry might be heading for a tough time and how you can be prepared. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical or similar service business to make more money, get some time back and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy and don't forget to follow. Alrighty. Uh, let, yeah. Kiss to the crowd, mate. I love it. Uh, hey, Tony Fraser Jones, your host here, Profitable Tradie Podcast. Uh, looking forward to hanging out today with my uh, sidekick, Phil Smith. Phil is the COO here at Profitable Tradie, Chief Operating Officer. Um, Phil, you're looking a little bit ginger there today, Chief. What's what's going on? You're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat. Oh, honestly, well, okay, I just finished a few days worth of getting my back tattooed, and uh, honestly, I don't want to sit against the back of the seat. It's um, yeah, feeling a bit tender. A bit so, tender? Yeah, a bit tender. Yeah. That's nice, something special. Oh, yeah, you know, a few, few little special things there. Got your name and a big heart, arrow through it. Alrighty. Uh, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Nephi's laughing on the side there. Oh, I got Nephi's name too. Did you? Yeah, you yeah. didn't miss anyone out? No, I got all the staff, apart, from, apart from Lyndon. <laughs> like, he's your best mate, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but it's because he's not on my back, he's on my butt. Bro, this is going downhill badly. <laughs> Are we even allowed to say this stuff? I don't know, man. I don't know. We should just carry on. Okay, and, uh, let's carry and see on. See if we get banned. That's right. All right, yeah. mate. Uh, what are we? What are we talking about today, mate? We are talking about the state of the economy and the construction industry. So there's obviously been lots of inflation lately, uh, you know, and we've obviously just come through a bit of a golden summer of sorts. Yeah. Uh, so you know, now what we're obviously having with the inflation, we're having things like material shortages, rising prices, labour costs tracking up. All kinds of things. And look, we know the economy does go through ups and downs in cycles. Um, and lots are saying at the moment that we're heading towards a bit of a down cycle. But I think the key is it's not necessarily something to fear if you're prepared. So what we really want is for our listeners uh, to be prepared today, uh, learn what might be coming, learn how to prepare and, and prove themselves against any kind of downturn so that we can kick ass and succeed. Yeah, yeah, kick ass and take names. Uh, and I think that's the key thing. A little a little healthy fear is actually good because it makes us respect things. And, yeah. And I think we really should be respecting the you know what's happening in the economy because prices have gone up massively everywhere. Gas, labour, materials, like it's hard to find stuff, supply lines disrupted, all that stuff like you said. So yeah. I reckon it's a tricky time and uh, the sensible business owners are actually looking ahead with, with what's coming yeah. and what you can do to make sure you're on the front foot. so I think a small caveat with that is like, hey, look, some of you out there listening, you might have already been pretty affected by this. Others, you might not. And if you haven't, I think one big thing I want you to take away from today is it doesn't mean you won't. Like The worst thing you can do is bury your head in the sand and think, you know, this will never happen to me. Uh, I'm good. Things haven't gone downhill for me because if you prepare against it, uh, then you can be ready for it. Cause well, that's the key thing. And, and that's a concept we're going to talk about today is lag. You know, if you if you start preparing for this when you start noticing what's going wrong, you're too late. That's, That's it. the bad news. It's like if you see the tsunami. Yeah. If you can see it, uh, yeah, it's too you, late to leave the beach. You can't outrun it. Yeah, you're yeah. in big trouble. That's right. Uh, we live in little old New Zealand. It's called the Shaky Isles. We get lots of uh, earthquakes. Probably, you know, if you're in uh, in California, you're used to it as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have a few tsunami. Tsunami? 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 
pastrami's pastrami's all of those things oh, some of those waves yeah some of those waves are tastier than others anyway uh let's get into it um i'm supposed to tell a story now go on mate this one's quite personal Ooh. yeah so we dim the lights dim the lights get the tissues out yep yep lie on the couch but if psychologist help with this one so the last big recession we had was the gfc which was like 2008 2010 uh around then and um it was a tough time for, for me personally. So at that time, I was I had a business um, in, uh, in the construction area, and we were doing a lot of um, property development, uh, renovations, buying and selling houses, uh, that sort of stuff. So up until about 2008, it was amazing. I was like, I thought I was the king. Couldn't do anything wrong. Turns out it was just the market was going through the roof. I wasn't as much of a king as I thought. And, um, you know, when the tide goes out, we know who's swimming Naked. Well, I wasn't totally naked, but I only had on a pair of uh, speedos, or as we say in Australia, New Zealand, budgie smugglers. Budgie smugglers, and uh, a lot of you might not know this, but uh, before the GFC, when Tony went through this time, he actually had a lot of hair. Uh, so you know, if you, if you're not worried about this, maybe you should be. You know, look at your luscious locks and just think. Uh, Watch you know, them fall out. It's it. Future-proof your business and future-proof your scalp too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also about the time I started having kids. Uh, well, 2005. Hey, don't blame the kids, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love them, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, actually, I do love all of them. I should. That didn't sound good. Yeah, it didn't sound good, yeah. but hey, we know you love them. I man. loved all four of them. Yeah, that's it. They're good. Yeah. Teaching one of them to drive at the moment, that's causing a little bit more hair loss. Yeah, well, I mean, you won't have much left soon. Mate, well... um. I know I'm on the way. Yeah, I, when yeah, you're my all right, age. All right. <laughs> what does Yoda say? When you're this old, good as me, you will not look or something like that. Yeah, I, don't I, know. Know. I can't remember. It was something yeah. like that. Uh, Yoda's very wise. Anyway, um, yeah, look, we got in, we had a real tough time. Um, you know, housing went through the floor. Um, you know, construction ground to a halt. Um, contractors started going under. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on all the sub subcontractors as well, non-payment, you know, work drying up, people having to lay people off. And I myself got into a lot of cash flow problems. Uh, had a bunch of houses we couldn't sell, and uh, it got to the point where uh, our uh, my parents and all Bromwin's parents were actually buying clothes for the kids there for a little while, uh, and it was it was really tough. Uh, we managed to get through, um, you know, um, but a lot of the people that I was, um, you know, a lot of friends and associates went under. So this stuff does happen, and it's really important to be prepared. And I've learnt. Look, it wasn't fun, but uh, what I learned then has actually set me up for business success now. So what I'm, what we're going to share today is not stuff that I'm making up. I know that this stuff happens. And, and for some of you, you will have been through uh, recessions before and you'll know what I'm talking about. And for others of you, you won't have. You'll, you'll have actually only experienced the good times. And honestly, since like 2010, 2012, the good times have rolled. Like it's That's been it. amazing. Construction's boomed, house prices have boomed. Then we've had the the COVID thing, where you know money's been printed and things have gone kind of bananas. So, uh, you know, if you haven't experienced this before, it can go south, and when it does, it does it quickly. Yeah, and uh, you can be you know left without. Uh, well, you can be left naked when the tide goes out, or maybe just in some uh, compromising budgie smugglers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the. I, I wasn't totally naked. I just had a stitch of clothing left. Sure. Which was um, mankini. Man, mankini. Which was uh, good news for everyone, I've got to say. Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't be a pretty sight, so. No. But anyway. um, what's the problem if we don't plan, though? Because, I mean, I think the thing is, 
that's really what we're getting at. A lot of people bury their head in the sand. They don't plan. So well, they don't plan, it, and, and it's it's probably not that necessarily burying the head in the sand. They're just so busy doing doing stuff, doing life, doing yeah, projects, cool. working for clients, uh, just trying to get through the day. And maybe that's you and your business. You know, just trying to get through the day and thinking about next week, let alone six to twelve months' time, is, is too tough. Yeah. But if you don't, uh, you you tend to think that the golden summer will last forever. You you think that um, hey. This will never change. Like the good times are going to roll forever. Yeah, recession. Oh, there'll never be a recession. It's, just, it's not going to happen. So I think that's one thing. It's like denial, really. Mm. Uh, the second thing is you get a rude awakening. So when it happens, it's a total shock, and you just you're not expecting it. You're not prepared. Uh, and you know, as I said, you're not prepared when the you see who's naked when the tide goes out. I said that three times. I need yeah, a new yeah, story. Yeah. But anyway, you get the picture, right? For sure. Uh, and, and often it's not even just problems in your business, although there might be some problems in your business. It's other people's businesses. And, yep. you know, most of the people listening are, are subcontractors. will contract to general contractors or you know, building contractors, uh, et cetera. It's often their businesses that get pinched for cash and they don't pay us. And, yep. and the head contractor falls over. And then there's the domino effect to us. And we're like, hey, man, like you owe me... Eighty thousand dollars. They're like, mate, no, I'm broke. And you're like, well, doesn't yeah. help me much. I, I'm I'm in the cart. Then. We see it all the time with the really uh, big construction companies. I mean, here in New Zealand, we got we got Hawkins, Fletcher's, businesses like that. I mean, all those companies have been under two or three times, and all they do is just start a new company, buy their old company for pennies on the dollar, and then uh, absolve themselves of the debt. And all the subcontractors, subcontractors are left holding the uh, yeah. Holding and the and, butt, and right? I mean, we probably shouldn't um, rag on any particular contractors, but there no. is there is a there is a history of of um, of head contractors, you know, maybe closing down their business when they see the writing on the wall, and like a phoenix, they arise from the ashes somewhere else. Yeah, uh, with uh, the same name, but like two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, PTY or limited on it or whatever. Yeah, but uh, it's so that you that's left holding their that's crap, right. which is which is the real problem yep. here. Yeah, uh, and and I think as well, like you know, as you say, it's not just your business, and it's not just the other contractors either. It's everyone else you rely on. Like you know, like as things start getting tough, uh, everyone else you rely on, their prices go up too. You know, I mean, people that are supplying you with you know materials, like your merchants, uh, look, things get tough for them. Um, you know, recruitment companies you might use, things get tough for them. You know, gas prices go up because things get tough for the gas companies. Not that tough, but uh, but we wear well, it. Well, we have way. wars and stupid places yeah, that's which right. push the gas prices up. But, you know, like things happen all over the show. You know, um, electricity. I just need to stop. I didn't mean wars and stupid places. I meant stupid wars in places. That's yeah, what there I mean. You go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But you get you get what I mean, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's not just contractors there, it's everybody. And the whole, actually, the whole economy is. Prices are going up, which and you can end everything. up, you know, dying a death of a thousand cuts there because everybody has a slight effect on you, but the collective effect of those slight effects is massive. Yeah, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. Well, you just said that. I just you? said that. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify we had that right. We well, just wanted to claim the claim the quote. I mean, like, I made a living out of just you know quotes. <laughs> anyway, um, if you get this right, I think you can protect the downside risk. So you can actually stop the predictable things like non-payment or lack of work affecting you so much. You really can do a lot to help here. 100%. And that's what the, the savvy business owner, the proactive business owner does. They actually welcome when times get tough because it burns off the, the wannabes, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can avoid heartache. So you can stop or limit the cash flow issues, the you know the need, needing to lay off staff. I mean, right now most people are thinking, oh, laying off staff, I'd never have to do that. I can't find staff. But I can tell you when recession happens, this starts to become a thing. And 100%. it might again. I'm not saying it will tomorrow, but 
you know, when recession hits, this is the type of things that happen. Look, Tony, it's not a might. It's not. I mean, like, at the moment, like, in most of the countries that we're operating in, um, unemployment's at an all-time low. Uh, you know, there's, it's really hard to find good staff. Yep. Um, but this is a cycle also. It, it will come back around. Uh, and so I think that's that's the thing is you can't assume that things that do work in cycles are going to stay the same forever. That's not how a cycle works, right? Well, this is this is understanding history, and yeah. as a business owner, we, we've got to be many things. It's it's pretty tough sometimes. You've got to be great at doing the work, you know. You, you've got to be good at running your business, but you also got to be an amateur economist as well and figure out what's actually happening in the economy. And I think this is why we're doing this podcast today is to actually give you some insight about what's going on, so you can you can be well prepared. That's uh, it. That, that's important. I think the um, the last thing, if you do this well, is you actually position for the right opportunities. You know, uh, there's massive opportunities in tough times. You know, most people slash their team, and and then when the good times roll, they got no workers. So you know, you might be able to buy competitors, build your team up, uh, create some new clients. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can do. Um, so you know, be prepared is is the key thing. Yeah, and I think like one important thing here is I, I read a stat a while ago, which uh, I just thought was quite interesting. So of the 10 richest people of all time, like right back to the pharaohs, uh, eight of them became rich during the Great Depression. Uh, so I think that's just something important to remember. This is like all royalty, all the big dynasties, like the most wealth that people have had ever in history. Uh, 80% of it was uh, was started during the Great Depression. The and that's the thing is it's like when people are doing it tough, um, there's opportunity. But... It's the people that are prepared for it and the people that are, you know, open to it and looking at things the right way and doing the right, you know, steps. These are the ones that capitalise on that opportunity while everyone else is battening down the hatches and just trying to survive. 100%, 100%. So I think, as we said, it's important to look at history and um, without getting into a whole lot of, you know, economic sort of jargon and stuff, there is a cycle in the economy. 100%. And and it's kind of, it's like the boom and bust cycle. And so, uh, well... Most of you probably can't see this because you're listening, but there's a cycle that goes up and down. Yeah. Um, maybe we can put this in the notes later and you can check it out if you want. And so we're, when we're at the bottom of the cycle, what tends to happen is there's easy credit, there's lower interest rates, house prices start going up, spending starts going up. You'll find uh, what we call FOMO, fear of missing out. So people start buying property and shares because they don't want to miss out. They can see it's going up, so they jump on and it's just like this, you know, this ladder that just sort of feeds itself. Well, not, not just that either. I mean, people start buying, like, other kind of goods and luxury items, which actually puts more money back into the economy through those businesses, and then those people become more wealthy and spend their wealth, and it just kind of goes round and round and, and you know, it's called the, Yeah, it's called the multiplier effect. Uh, and so more money, you know, drives more money, and so the money spins around quicker and, and things go up. What, what happens is, as that happens, inflation starts to grow up because the economy gets under pressure, gets to, like, its limit of capacity, there's not any more labour, Materials are hard to get, uh, and you know prices are starting to go up because people need to put their prices up to, to, to you know, pay for the materials and the labour. Uh, and the you know the, the economy, the the reserve banks, the Fed, uh, they start putting interest rates up to try and stop it going through the roof because inflation's a bad thing. You know, like inflation means that your money buys less. Yeah, so exactly. If there's ten percent inflation, your hundred bucks only buy you ninety dollars worth of goods the next year, kind of thing. That's which it. It's a big problem. Mm. And so they start racking interest rates up, and and what happens is when the economy is starting to cool and go down, that's when interest rates go up. There's much more; it's harder to get money. Like the banks just don't lend as much. Uh, house prices start to soften and then fall. Share market softens and falls. Spending goes down. Instead of FOMO, it's like was wait and see. People were like, 
just going to wait and see. I'll, I need to. I don't need to buy now. I can wait my time, and that has the effect of lessening demand and prices go down even more. Uh, you start to see more bankruptcies and you know payment problems, and we're seeing that already in the construction industry. There's little blips around the place of of construction companies going under mm. because of lack of cash flow, and uh, construction spending starts to go down. Yeah, uh, because you know there's not as much money. So the question I have, you know, if you're listening, is whereabouts in the cycle are we? You know, and we're probably we're at the top or heading down the other side. You know, it's those those con- those contraction things are actually starting to happen now. So yeah. we should really take notice of this. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this in a in the current time and not yeah. years and years from now, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you've probably just noticed that you know interest rates are being tightened up; they're going up. Uh, you've probably noticed that lending has become more difficult. You know, you're trying to get a new mortgage or trying to get a new loan or something. It's probably more difficult than it was six to eight months ago. Um, so we're seeing the signs. You know, spending signs is spending's going down. Uh, people are not splashing out on those luxury purchases the same way. Uh, it's becoming difficult to you know source materials. Labor's expensive, and people are tightening up. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean the signs are there. We can't say the signs are there for nothing. Inflation is like seven, eight, nine, ten percent in yeah. in the Western economies. Uh, yeah. Because and the thing is, we've had COVID and this pandemic, and all the all the governments have printed money, and that's made inflation even worse. So it's made this this problem worse. So we probably we might have a bigger correction than perhaps otherwise would have happened because it's... Well, we'll need to, actually, because the fact is, is if we can't if we can't have some kind of correction, then this could go off a cliff in a big way where the correction's not something that's able to be controlled and then it can go way out the other end. So, well, that, And that's where you get people taking wheelbarrows of money to buy a loaf of bread, which is what happened um, you know, in, in when inflation gets out of control. That's a whole yeah. other malarkey. We don't want to get into that too much, but um, <laughs> it can happen. Uh, Definitely can. And so we don't want that to happen. Yeah. So what do we do about it? Uh, well, there's definitely a couple of things that are important. I think the first thing is you've got to understand this principle of lag. Mm. And so lag means that the actions you take now, they don't bear fruit till the future. That's it. Uh, and what that means is you know, if you if you wait till a recession hits, you're too late because it's already there. So yep. it's about prepping in advance, uh, you know, if you want what you do now in your business is going to reap results in the next 6 to 12 to 18 months. 100%. Oh, if you look at it another way, the results you're getting now because of the actions you've taken over the last two or three years. Yeah. It's not instantaneous. Uh, so so that's important. What, what does that mean? Well, let's say uh, you, you, know, you get your terms of trade sorted out after you haven't been paid by someone. Yeah, well, it's too late, isn't it's it? It's too late. So yeah. you need to get that sorted now so that the, the non-payment's not an issue in the future. Yeah. So it's kind of like you don't want to you want to do it after the horse is bolted. So get prepared now. That's important. I think the other thing is you got to spread the risk. So this is really like if you're investing, any investment, you know, manager will tell you to diversify your portfolio. So don't have all your eggs in one basket. And one is a terrible number in business. It's like a single point of failure. So if you've got, you know, one team member that you rely on or one key person, that's a problem. If they go lame or broke or get poached or whatever, you've got a problem. Same with markets. If you rely on one market, you can have a massive problem. Yeah, well, if that market goes under, then um, your golden goose is dead. That's right. If that, if that market has a reversal, you're in big trouble. You get taken out by the market. Or maybe you've got one or two key customers. What happens if they go bust or they can't buy anymore? Yeah. You've got big problems. So we want to spread the risk as much as we can. And if you think about... Um, a building with you know solid foundations. That's what we're trying to build. 
rather than say a stool with one leg, that can't stand up with a stool with four legs. Well, obviously that's got some stability and that's what we want your yeah. business to be like. I think again, if we come back to that lag factor, like if we think about diversifying our risk and getting away from that number one, again, like come back to that lag factor. Let's say you do have one market you work in or one or two key clients and that's all your work. The hard thing is you need to get busy diversifying that now while your cash flow is okay so you can afford the client acquisition cost. Now, I know that might have been a bit of jargon if you're not really looked at uh, generating new work before, but um, the fact is it costs you money to get new work. Uh, and and right, time. And time. And right now, you might have a bit more money and time than you would have if we were already in the heat yep. of a recession. You know, if cash flow was already becoming difficult, you might not be able to spend the money to acquire the new client or diversify your market or whatever it is that you need to do. So doing it now and sowing those seeds is going to mean that you can harvest when you need to. Um, so these things really do lock in with each other, the lag and the spreading of the risk. It's like you need to spread that risk and you need to do it now. You know, best time to plant the oak tree was yeah, 100 years, years ago. ago. Next best time is today. Today, that's right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think to, to make this work, there's three parts really to it. And the first part is you need to protect your cash flow. Uh, so cash is, you know, it's oxygen for your business. Um, and so protecting your cash flow is, is critical and we want to, get that set up in advance as you said so the first thing is you need really good terms of trade and, and contracts that you know give you legal protection yeah that's Excuse huge me. no you're right so and and that's important because they're like an umbrella you know you don't need them till it's raining yeah uh, you need the contracts when start things start to get wobbly so that you, you know for example you make can be a preferred creditor so you get paid before everyone else oh or, that is big yeah or you you you've set up your system so that you can get alerts on on credit if some of your uh your your customers are starting to have credit wobbles you mm. can get told about that and, and push for payment well look it's called something different in, in in different countries but i think one of the biggest things that a lot of people aren't aware of is actually if one of your you know head contractors goes under you can actually be liable for having to pay them back for what they've already paid you. Even if their payments to you were to cover your costs, you have to give all of it back and basically be out of pocket yourself to cover their debts to other people if you haven't protected yourself against that in your terms of trade. Uh, so, you know, you might have thought in the past, hey, I can accept their terms where that's not the case because, hey, they're not going to go under. But if they did, you could actually be left... Uh, having to pay them back, even though what they paid you was to cover your costs. Yeah, so it can get ugly. Massive so risk. It, and um, we could talk about you know terms of trade and stuff for, for hours. Uh, the ins and outs of it will uh, is boring as you know bat turd basically, but it's very important, and you need to get an expert in yep. to help you with that. Whether that's a solicitor, or a lawyer, or a, a terms of trade credit company, they can help with that. And the next thing is you've got to vet your clients. So. Um, you know, start credit checking your clients, interviewing them, like figuring out what, what are their credit like. Because the first thing that happens in a recession is clients start shopping around contractors. They start using all the contractors as their bank and they spread the love. Yeah. Or the not love. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you might all of a sudden find you're getting different contractors inquiring to use your services. And, and I'd be suspicious of that. Yeah, 100%. Because they may actually be maxed out with someone else and they may be two or three months overdue already but they need to keep the projects going and they start using someone else now that's a descending spiral because eventually it catches up and the whole thing falls over Definitely. so be careful of that start taking deposits wherever you can or get them to, to pay for the materials up front 
Yeah, I mean, well, that's been a big one we've seen yeah. lately, right, Tony? Like, I mean, the, the idea of asking a general contractor or a builder or, you know, construction company uh, to pay a deposit, you know, it was unheard of for the last wee while. But nowadays we've got a lot of our members asking them to pay for the materials up front. Uh, and it's an easy one to, to deal with. It's like, hey, if you pay for the materials up front, I can lock it in at this price because we all know they're going up. Um, I can lock in the start date because I'll actually be able to have the materials. I can get them now so that we're not short of them at the time and having to push out all your other dates. Um, and so basically this is going to protect the job for your general contractor. There's everything to gain for them, and it means that you get to lock it in, protect your margins, protect your you know your workflow pipeline. That's right. And if you get a deposit, that's a good indicator that they've perhaps got money. 100%. So it's like a, it's a bit of a BS yeah. filter. And so for th- residential clients, this is massive. Yep, like 100%. someone's not going to commission a job at their house today um, you know, and, and not have the money for it. You know, if I can't pay some deposit today, I certainly can't pay the remainder next month. That's, that's yeah, so just it's a good truth. BS filter. So get a deposit where you can. Next thing is forecasting. So you know, have a eight to twelve week cash flow forecast so you can see where your bank account where it's landing. And then you can make adjustments if you're, you know, under or over. That's important. The next thing is like first thing, protect your cash flow, then maintain your margins. So that's sort of the second key thing. And there's three three things to do here. Back costing your work. Look, you've got to be just in the details of checking how the jobs are going. Are we actually profitable on the work we're doing? And that's important in this environment because inflation costs are going up, our labour's going up, there's lots of material uh, shortages and supply issues, which means your jobs might be blowing out, not because of the cost, but because of the organisation and extra trips and mucking around and inefficiencies due to lack of supply. So that's important. Yeah. Uh, you need to do monthly financials. Uh, and We've talked about this a lot in our podcast P&L every month or an income statement and a balance sheet just to check where you're at. That's that's critical. And uh, you've got to proof for inflation. Uh, so that means you've got to put your prices up. You've got to understand that um, you know increase in your cost has a massive increase uh, effect on your profits. So you've got to be across that. And, yeah. and just don't let that go on for a few months because yeah. you'll lose your shirt and you'll find, oh, wow, my margin's gone from 35% to 21%. I didn't even realise one thing I want to say here as well, Tony, is if, if anyone's worried about putting their prices up with the inflation, this is actually a great time for you not just to match the increase in your costs with an increase in price, but actually to go further than that and proof yourself for further inflation or at least just capitalise. Um, now, this is a really good thing. I mean, McDonald's actually has a policy where if their costs go up 5%, their prices go up 8%. Um, because the fact is, when things become more expensive, if you become more expensive, it's justified. Uh, people don't know how much more expensive you should be to cover the new costs you've got. So you might as well become more expensive than that because they're going to accept it. They know that the sandwich across, across the street is double the price. Fuel is double the price. You know, everything is more expensive. So if you're more expensive, it's it makes perfect sense. So you might as well be, you know, a decent amount more expensive and not just cover those rising costs, but actually profit on them. I think that's important. Like when there's change happening is the best time to make a change. That's it. Uh, because there's a reason for it. Yeah. And so that, so that's super powerful. So yeah. you've definitely got to protect your margins. The third thing, if you think of a triangle, the third thing is you've got to diversify your client base. Uh, and the first thing is, you know, within your within your niche or niche, depending where you're based, yeah. um, you know, maybe you've got, uh, you're doing a lot of, you know, group housing, like high volume uh, cookie cutter type houses, and you work with one company. Well, if that company goes under... You know, your toast, and we've we've worked with a lot of people who who maybe fifty or sixty percent of their work, or even more, comes from one company. Yeah, which is super dangerous. So you need to get more people within that industry. So you you want two or three or four, perhaps. Yeah. So that you're not 
you, you take away the company risk. That's so that's it. the first thing. And then I reckon you probably want to add a niche or a niche. Yeah. So if you're doing, you know, just building uh, homes, maybe you need to add an, a maintenance division, a service and maintenance division, because when the economy tanks, new construction actually suffers. It definitely does. Because it's more difficult to get money. Uh, there's less people wanting to invest, you know, yada, yada, yada. But service and maintenance type work still has to be done. Well, the fact is if my toilet's overflowing, uh, it. it doesn't care what the economy's doing. I, I need to do something about that, you know. And if I've got no power on in my house, I need to do something about that. If it's freezing and my boiler's, you know, busted, busted. I, I need to do something about that. Like there's a lot of maintenance and preventative maintenance that does not stop no matter what. Uh, and so, you know, being involved in that type of work um, is a good thing. And, hey, worst case scenario, you set this up and you don't need it, but now you've got a bigger business, which is more diversified. Um, yep. And that stuff's often at a great margin too. Yep, and and, and uh, it might not just be domestic or residential service work. It might no. be, you know, commercial service work. There could be a bunch of other areas yeah. uh, to get into. But, uh, again, we want to diversify. And, you know, if one industry one market goes down, we've got another market we can we can rely on to get us through. So I think that's important. And the third thing is is proactive marketing. It means actually we're going to have to get out there and actually market proactively. We can't just wait for referrals and word of mouth and hope things will happen because if we leave this too long, once we start to market, you know, we may have missed it. We may be behind behind the times, behind the eight ball. Uh, so we're going to start being proactive about all this. So I think those are the, really the key three key things. You've got to protect your cash flow, maintain your margins, and diversify uh, your client base. If you do that, uh, I think you're going to be set up for, for success You know when uh, the tough times come. Yeah, and, and like I say, I mean, if it gets tough, you're set up. If it doesn't get that tough, then, hey, we'll all breathe a big sigh of relief, and you'll be in a better spot than everyone else yeah, anyway. you'll be even better set up. Yeah, so, thing. like, look, there's really no uh, no downside to doing these things. 100%. Yeah, so, um, yeah, let's land this plane. All right, so I've been talking about, uh, you know, recession, uh, challenges for the construction industry that are coming up. And I think if you want to stay strong, even when the economy and the construction sector start to struggle, it's important to get busy now actually preparing your businesses. And there's three simple steps. You need to you know, protect your cash flow. You need to maintain your margins and you've got to diversify your client base. And the key to success is actually get busy now sorting it out and, re and remember that one is a terrible number in business and we want to diversify the risk. And when we do that, we're not only going to survive, but I think we can thrive as well. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Well, thanks, team, uh, for tuning in today. It's been cool hanging out. Um, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, see you later. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading, and it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trading in the YouTube search bar. Or four, a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.